0: Good morning, church. Good morning. And thank you for having us here today. Um, this, we're really excited about Lifeline. Uh, folks across the road in Harmony Christian Center. You know, it's quite funny that a lot of people call us Harmony House. And I didn't know about Harmony House until we got to Dagenham. Uh, we're Harmony Christian Center. We're based in Concord House. And uh, we thank God for Lifeline. Because this ministry has been a blessing to us, not only uh, um, our church, but this community. So much it said. And we thank God that we found good partners in uh, the leadership of this ministry. John and Don have been so such a wonderful, wonderful couple that uh, we learn, we're learning from them. And we thank God that we have good role models. I think you should put your hands together for the, for the pastors that God has given to us in this place. Amen yesterday something happened uh, please let me just um, put this disclaimer up front uh, you might find me shouting a little bit please don't get worried don't get scared just pray for me <laughs> i'll try not to get into my mood um it's just one of those things i'm praying that i'll get better at uh, I-, I learn to you know phil was trying to give me the lapel um, that will make me so calm down and um, I didn't use my medication this morning. (laughs) Praise God. Something happened yesterday in Leightonstone, and I want us to pray about that, because this is a a church of real people making real difference, and um, we we, we finished a prayer, week of prayer, fasting and prayer last week, and one of the things that we're praying is as gatekeepers in this community, and I didn't mean in Dagenham, um, in this nation. That the House of Parliament, the MPs, they've done what they will do. They voted and thank God for their life, whichever way they voted. But the church has a responsibility. We have a responsibility to keep our gates. Amen. So we just join, just rise up on your feet one second. Let's just thank God for this nation. Let's thank God for his protection. Let's thank God that God will frustrate every token of the babblers. Now, just a young man in a train station carrying a knife, you will know who is sitting or standing beside you on a train. Let's pray that whatever the intention of the enemy over this nation, it will not come to pass. No terror will operate successfully in our nation. Can we just pray? No matter what's going on anywhere else, the Bible says a thousand will fall on your right hand, ten thousand on your left. It said none of this will come near you. We well, just agree with me. Please pray. Don't let's wait till it touches someone. Just decree. That we take authority over this nation, over our gates, over our going out, over our coming in. We decree the protection of God. Lord, we decree that we will go out in peace and come in in peace. Thank you, Father. Be glorified, Lord. And Lord, we ask, Lord, that you will expose every plan of the wicked ones. And Lord, frustrate the token of the babblers, And grant us peace in our city. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you very much. Um, I've been so excited coming here this morning, but the last minute or so, before I was called up, I was really, really excited. You know why? Uh, Because John started talking about the promises of God. And three days ago, the Lord spoke to me what I should share this morning. And he said, see, he knew it. And as a pastor, that's very important, and that's just confirmed. That if it's just two, three people I've come here to talk to this morning, you are going home different. Amen. Amen. I want to speak on something I've titled, "You you can bet on it. That's the title of my message. I'm reading from 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. You can bet on it. Whatever promises God has given to you, you can count on it. You can bet on it. The Bible says in 1 John 5, I read from verse 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is he who overcomes the world but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? Sorry, that's a question. Who is he who overcomes the world but but he who believes that Jesus is the son of God? This is he who comes by water. So this is he who came by water and blood. Jesus Christ, not only by water, but by water and blood. And it is the spirit who bears witness because the spirit is truth. For there are three that bear witness in heaven. The father, the word, and the Holy Spirit. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness on earth. The spirit, the water, and the blood. And these three agree. As one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater. Can I have a name in there. For this is the witness of God, which He has testified of His Son. Um, earlier on, I didn't actually—I mean—introduce my wife. I've got a lovely, beautiful uh, wife. Who she is? Uh, she's my timekeeper. She's my teacher. She's my one eye from her, and I have to sit up. I just bless God for Ronke. She's here with me today. Please celebrate my wife with me. (laughs) Praise God. (laughs) And we came with one of our leaders in the church, and his name is Imole. Every now and then, the movies come out of Hollywood, and I want to talk about particular kind of movies. This one, you get, you know, some children, son or daughter of somebody, Uh, trapped behind the enemy's line or trapped at a camp. And then some kind of hurricane, some kind of earthquake. And, you know, people give up hope that anybody can come out alive. Uh, But you get one or two who will say, no, I know dad is going to come for me. I know my dad will come and get me. You know that kind of story? And somewhere you see this dad trying to move heaven and earth to get to where their son or their daughter is. And everything is against that you getting there. But dad won't give up hope somehow daddy will risk his life do everything possible but daddy will get there daddy will at the end of the day he will save this son or save this daughter and every other person with him and then you'll see that what some what, what the love that a father can have for their son just because daddy promised i'm gonna get to you honey i'm coming to get you and daddy gets there and the scripture says if you can take the testimony of man he said god's testimony is greater if a man can give their child a promise, I will come for you. And they would still come, no matter what. They might be late, but they get there. I want to tell somebody here today that, you know what, well, God the Father, He's greater than that. Whatever He has promised you, whatever He has said, He will do, He will sure do it. Amen. At this time of the year, it's, it's not uncommon for somebody to be thinking, well, the year is coming to an end and I'm evaluating my life. I'm evaluating promises that God made to me. Said to me this, you know, I'm going to do this, my child. I'm going to do this for you. And then you're looking at yourself and thinking, well, it hasn't really come to pass. And another year has just rolled by. I want you to know you're not alone. There are great leaders in the Bible who actually felt like that. I don't me just mention two examples. Job was one. The Bible tells us concerning Job in Job 24 verse 1. He says, since times are not hidden from the almighty, why do they not know him, nor see his days? Sorry. My glasses needs changing. Why do they that know him, not, why do they that know him, not, why do they that know him, see him not all his days? Since times are not hidden, since God is almighty, since he knows everything, since God is able to fix things if he wants to. Now my question is, why is it that those who know him, those who are called by his name, how come those guys don't see his days? How come they don't see the breakthroughs? How come they don't see the things he has promised? Now, Job was asking that question. And I think if you were someone like Job, you love your children, you love your family, you try to do everything fine, and you know the things God has spoken about you. You probably will, and you are going through the kind of challenge he went through. You will know that that is a question that could come out. But let's see what God thinks about that. But before God answered him, there's another great leader. And that guy is called Moses. God called Moses to go and set the children of Israel free. And one thing that is so amazing about these people is that God himself promised their great, great, great grandfather. said, you know, I'm going to get them out with a mighty hand. And so what happened? Moses got to them and he told them, this is what the Lord's going to do. God said, I'm going to get you out of this place. One scripture never really, never really left me. The reaction of the people to the promises of God. In verse 9 of Exodus chapter 5, the Bible says that they did not heed to Moses because of the anguish of their spirit and the cruel bondage. Sometimes things are so hard because you've been waiting for a long time because of the condition you found yourself or your city. Sometimes it may not be you. It may be something you are praying, a change you are praying for in your place of work and you are saying, God, change this thing. I mean, I know folks who... Under their team, they've really, you know, sent people off there. They've just made some people redundant, and they keep calling, calling them. You know, you need to cut your department. They're having to let people off their department. A manager ending up doing about six, seven people's job. All sort of things going on. They say, God, when is this going to change? Whatever the things going on, that's what happened to these folks. They could not believe God at anymore. I mean, at any point, they just, you know what? This is never going to change. We're going to remain slaves like, like this. The Bible says because of the anguish of their spirit. And then Moses himself, who was trying to convince them, this is where it gets really more difficult. As a pastor, as a leader, as a head of a department, head of organization, you are praying for a change. But what you are seeing is not reflecting what God told you. Moses got to a point where he himself, got slightly confused when he went to pharaoh and told pharaoh he said well this is what god wants to do and then the king made their condition more difficult you could imagine how if i mean earlier on andrew was giving us a testimony about how he himself and some people have been working on a project for a while imagine how that how that how that feeling would be if they didn't see the result in the end i could relate to that testimony because many years ago 15 years ago God bless us with our child, and I'm not going to go to that point yet, but it's because of what we were told when that child was born premature and had to be put in um, an incubator. And, you know, I haven't waited all my life for this child to come, and then she ended up turning up and turning up in an incubator. I couldn't even spend time with her. It, It was a feeling that was so hard. And I said, why? They said, because the heart is not fully developed. I mean, the lungs, not fully developed. And so you realize that if you are waiting for something for a long time, either it's delayed or you don't even see it, or it came in a way you didn't expect, your heart could shake. So Moses here spoke. Moses said, he said, Lord, in verse 22 to verse 23 of Exodus chapter 5. He said, why have you brought trouble on these people? Why is it that you have sent me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he had done evil to these people. Neither have you delivered your people at all. It's like God. You are able to make a change. How come you're just watching? How come it looks like you just leave everybody just to be doing whatever they would like to do? It doesn't matter to you whether I'm getting older or getting younger. This situation has not changed. I came to tell somebody here today that no matter how you feel, what you feel, God is able to do what he has promised to do. I want to just give us some examples in the scriptures. And real examples. Because we are speaking to a real people. About a real God. This God is not an, imaginable, he's not an imaginary God. He's not a God who cannot do. It's not a God who just wants to be spoken about but not to be seen in action. If the God which we are speaking about is not a God that is real, then it's not worth us following him that's a that's for sure if this god cannot deliver us then what are we talking about but god is able to do whatever he has promised to do. the bible tells us in matthew chapter 3 verse 9 concerning this god this is jesus christ speaking he said god is able to raise up stones sorry he's able to raise up children unto Abraham from stones amen he said god is able to raise up did i get my scripture right now, uh, uh, Jesus Christ was speaking that God is able to raise up children unto Abraham from stones. No, it wasn't Jesus said. I think I got my scripture. Maybe tw- twenty-three nine there. In other words, listen: if you are in this place and you feel that something uh, somebody has told you you cannot achieve, you cannot become, or something that uh, you feel, well, will this never happen? Jesus Christ was trying to make a point that even if it is stones, God is able to raise up children. They might have told you that, you know what? Well, your hand cannot achieve this. Your eyes can never do this. Or your, your finance cannot make this. Bible is telling us, Jesus Christ was telling us that God is able to raise so If he has to call stones, if he had to create something, amen, God is able to do it. Now watch this. This is when he was, I got the, the reference wrong. It's when he it was entering into Jerusalem. This is the, so you can help me with that particular scripture there. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 8. The Bible says God is able to make all grace abound towards us. Amen. He's able to make all grace. What do you mean by all grace? Whether it's spiritual grace you need, whether it's financial grace, whether it's emotional grace, whether it's marital grace, whether it's a, a health issue. The Bible says God is able to make all grace abound towards us you know this is one of the reasons why it doesn't matter who actually is in charge of something sometimes when god has set a thing in place and if we can trust that god made it to be like a nation it is god that formed the boundaries of nations and the power the 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 the, the destiny of this nation is not in the hands of politicians is it the hands of god amen and if we keep on looking at who is in power and we say oh well i don't like um, I don't like uh, this particular individual. I don't like this particular individual, or you belong to a particular political party, and you're thinking, "Well, this one is leading it." Look at him; I don't like him. Then you are putting your hope in the hand of man, because God who set up places, who set up institutions, God has not forgotten the people He put in that place. If our confidence is in God, God is able to change that circumstance. Can I have an amen? So the Bible says God is able to make all grace, leadership grace. Is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency. Something I like to stress to people is that if your grace is only relevant in church, you don't know God. Now, Phil was speaking about this earlier on, about this is a ministry where God meets us where we are. The grace to make a difference in the marketplace. The grace to make a difference in the church. The grace to make a difference in in any society where you find yourself. The Bible says God is able to make all grace. So whatever you want God to be, God becomes that for you. Amen. He becomes that for you. He's able to make all grace. The grace to be a mother. The grace to be a father, grandfather, grandmother, whatever that thing is. Because God is a father of all. And the word father means a creator. He is the one that births it. Is the one that that, that releases the DNA of, of performance into your life. So he's able to make all grace abound towards you. And he's a you. You always having all sufficiency in all things that you may abound into every good work. God doesn't just want great churches. He wants great communities. Every good work. God wants great people. He wants people who can make a difference. Amen. Into, he said, abound into every good work. Every good work. And I want to be, I want to believe that if God has given you a work, he wants that work to abound. Amen. Whatever job he's given to you, he wants you to be the best. He wants you to shine. He wants people to be able to walk up to you and say, you know, why are you so good? What's, what makes a difference in you? Why are you happy? I mean, everybody's miserable. Look at the weather. You know, he wants you to make a difference because God is making grace to abound towards you. Amen. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17, he says, Our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us from this burning fiery furnace. Our God, whom we serve. I don't know who you are. Maybe you are going through something that appears really burning you now. Somebody's finance may be burning them. Someone's marriage may be so hot that the only time they find peace is when they're in the tube, going home. So, God, I'm about to enter this house again help me lord (laughs) someone's situation may be that hard someone's situation may be their place of work and look the time you spend at work is more than the time you spend at home sometimes five days a week you work long hours i mean that's a long time to be unhappy if someone is not happy if someone is not happy with their job but the bible says god is able to deliver us from the burning fairy uh, fairy fire amen so if you're in that situation, you find yourself in a, in a matter of verifier. fire. I believe that God is able to deliver. Now, it all depends on how you apply the principles and the promises of God. 2 Timothy 1.12 says, I know in whom I believed. I am persuaded that he's able to keep that which I've committed unto him until that day. My friend, have you committed something to the hands of God? He's able to keep it. If you tell me something I might forget, you can sometimes forget my scripture. Amen. And that's one of the things that technology does for you. When you cut and paste, you cut up some things out of it. You know, but God does not cut and paste and forget you. The parents of Jesus Christ, earthly parents, they forgot him in church one day. After a great time of fellowship, you know, I don't know who was leading worship. They had so much good time. So they left and then they got to the road and said, maybe they stopped at McDonald's to buy something. They say, hang on, this young kid is not on the horse, I mean on the donkey. Where did we leave him? And then they say, oh my God, he must either be with his cousin or with uncle or somewhere. They discover they forgot him, but God does not forget. He doesn't forget whatever he has promised you. Whatever he says he will do, he will do. The Bible says he is able to keep that which I have committed into his hands. Let me just sum this up. There are three key promises, I mean assurances, that God will keep whatever he has said to you that these are three things that makes you to be able to take it to the bank. You can bet on any promise God gave to you. Now, how do I know this? Because these three things are operative in every area of my life. You can see, and it can in your life too. Because whenever God gives a promise to a child of his, you have much more than any sign. Even if you haven't seen that particular thing, you have things that can guarantee you now that whatever he promise he is able to do. The first assurance of God's word coming to pass in your life is is love, the Father's love, the Father's love. Sometimes we feel, maybe I need to do this to make God's word to come to pass. Maybe it's what I didn't do that is causing my delay. Maybe if I gave more. That's why I feel sorry for folks when they tell them, you know what, if you give this, God will do this. I feel so sorry for both the person speaking and the person receiving. Because if you understand God, you can't buy him. Do you understand this now? You see, God is not someone you can buy. You can say, you know what? You want this anointing so into it. You missed it. Because we all have, well, most of us who who are parents here, understand how we tell our children, you know what? You do so well, you get this for Christmas. And that child, that's the year or the month or the week. They will do so miserable. They will be so bad. They will so much let you down but you want to bless your child. So you're going to have to create a reason why you're going to get that thing for them. (laughs) I mean, I do that for my son every time. You always have to pass him. I don't know whether you understand what I mean. You always find a reason to pass him. And that's the thing about God. The father's love is a first assurance that whatever he promised you, he will do it. Amen. Isn't it great that we have such a father? that loves us, irrespective of whatever we've done or we can do. The Bible tells us about this God in Jeremiah 31 verse 3. It says, the Lord has appeared of, the Lord has appeared of old to me, saying, yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness I have drawn you. When I see the word everlasting love, it simply means, you know what, it doesn't matter what I become next year. He still loves me. Some of us, our love is dated. You know, I love you this year. Then we'll review our contract of love next year. <laughs> it's amazing. I mean, as a pastor over the years, I've had several people relating to me and I've related to different people, even those above me too. But the one that is interesting is when people say, oh, you know, you're my spiritual father. You know, spiritual father, you think somebody is your father, you never forget that they are your father. Okay? Whatever daddy has done, is still daddy. But there are so many of these fathers that are conditional. So, they are, you are my father now, but then next year you may not be my father. Now I'm wondering do you really understand what it's all about? Because the Bible said, with everlasting love, I've loved you. That's the reason why you shouldn't just jump into anybody who's your father. You should understand that God called us, He is a model of fathers to us. And he didn't say that, you know, only when you feel good, then relate to me as your father. The same thing, how we should understand things on earth. We should understand that God says it's with everlasting love, I have loved you. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4 to 5 tells us, but God, and I love that word, but God. But God. But. Even I can preach a whole message on but. Why? Because Every other thing that happened before that disqualified me. But. Do you understand now? You know, what you've done, I should punish you. But. But God. I think you should just wave your hand to him and just say, Lord, I thank you for but. <laughs> it's great. He's such a good God. He said, but God, who is rich in mercy. Friends, we haven't come to a poor God. We haven't come to a God who feels, you know what, well, I'm not going to have lunch if you don't bless me. He is rich in mercy, the Bible says. And because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespass, look at that. When we were dead in trespass, made us alive together. That's why God doesn't want us to come to church when we are clean. We come as we are and he cleans us up. Amen. Amen. We don't, we don't qualify for his love. We don't do anything to make us okay for his love. He loved us. The Bible said when we were dead in sin. Some of us, we don't even, I don't know, I don't know, speaking of myself and of my wife, I don't know how I got to in the gospel. I don't even know why God took such a risk to take someone like me. Because a, any employer who will hire me to do what he's doing, he must really be sure of himself. It's a fact. If I consider where he picked me from, if I consider my record, I won't hire myself. But God, but God took me and he said, you know what? I need both your past to use you. So that way you can see the sinner, you can relate to them. You would understand it wasn't you that saved yourself. So because of the love of the father, I know that he loved me. The Bible said, for God so loved the church, Right? The world. You see that? He didn't love the church, he loved the world. The world is so bad. The world, the world is full of folks who are putting belts up on themselves to go and blow up innocent folks. But God loved him. He loves the sinner, he loves the world. He doesn't love the church only, he loves the world. So that's why no matter who people are or what you are, since it's about us today, no matter what you think you have done, if God says, I will do this for you, he will do it. Because of his own name. Amen. Because of himself. He said, he made us alive together with Christ. So, that's the first evidence because of the Father's so of The second one, quickly, is the word of God. The other guarantee that I have that I can bet on God's promises is the word of God. The word of God. The word of God is the umpire of time. The Word of God is the one that decides. The Word of God is the proof that I even have a promise. The Word of God is the beginning. The Word of God is the guide, is the light to my life. Amen. The Word of God, the Bible tells us that in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. That nothing happens without the Word. The proof that God will do what He said He will do is His Word. The Bible tells us that heaven and earth may pass away. But not a jot of this word will pass unfulfilled. Because God's word is his word. Amen. The Bible says in Numbers 23 verse 19. It says God is not a man that he should lie. Neither is a man that he should repent. Has he said it? Will he not do it? Has he spoken it? Will he not make it good? He's not a man. As good as John is, he's a man. He may say, you know what? I will make that meeting. And then... He finds out, oh, I promised Don I need to take her out somewhere. So I can't make your dinner this evening. Why? Because he's a man. God is the God who can be in several places at the same time. You know what? <clears throat> there is, um, somebody said something last week. He said, if someone gets a miracle or gets a testimony in a meeting, you should know yours is, ne- yours is you are, you are nearer the kill. Let me repeat that. He said, if everybody is expecting a miracle where you're all together, and somebody has just received answer to their prayer, he said, you should know that yours is ne- you are near the line. You're moving forward. It's like a cue. We all laughed. But I knew the answer, but I didn't want to say anything. Because in my head, you have turned God to be a man. Because a man will have to answer the queue. God is so amazing that he can clear the queue like that. Or he rejects the queue and picks somebody from the back of the queue. That's one I love most. <laughs> And while you are still on the queue, think, well, if anybody's going to be answered, I'm next. And then all of a sudden, the guy comes from the back. Hello, you're dunking, jumping the queue. No, that's God at work. God does not limit himself to your order. Isn't it amazing? So God is so good in what he does. Amen. So he's not a man. He said, he's not a man that he should lie. Ezekiel twelve twenty-five. This is a scripture that I love so much. Why? Because the children of Israel were saying, you know what? God's promises is not going to happen. All this thing he promised us is just too late. God said, really? He said, for I am the Lord and I will speak. And the word which I shall speak shall come to pass. It shall no more be pre- prolonged in your days. I think that's a good place for you to take a prayer. That God's your word in my life shall no longer be prolonged. God spoke to the children of Israel. He said, these folks have been rebellious. He said, will I say the word and will I not perform it, Seeth the Lord. So, God is going to perform what he has said. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So, the word of God is finer in our lives. The scripture tells us in Psalm 119, verse 89. He said, forever, O God, your word is settled in heaven. Amen. Now, also, this is very crucial because in, Psalm, I mean, in Isaiah 55, verse 11. It's a scripture that um, is very well used. It says, so shall my word be that goes out of my mouth. It shall not return to me void. If you are in this place and God has spoken any word to you. And listen, while the whole scripture, the whole Bible is written for everybody to read. In that Bible, as rickety as the Bible may look, as brand new as it may seem. In the scripture, there is something written concerning you in there. And you need to find it. You need to understand that the day you locate it, you put your name there. You say, this one was written for me. Even though the whole scripture is written for your instruction. But there are direct promises for you. And it is for a child of God to locate God's word for them. That's not going to come by, you know, just wishful thinking. When you engage with God's word, you are reading it. One day you will see, the Bible says, Jesus Christ came into the church one day. And then he got up, and then he opened the scripture, and he read. The Bible said he read where it was written concerning him. Now, when I read that many years ago, I realized, wow, so that's true. And whenever I read the scripture, there is a way the Holy Spirit on the inside of me connects me to a scripture. I hope to just share one of those within a minute. So, you see, the Bible says, so shall my word be. It goes out of my mouth, just imagine the rain coming down. I've never seen it. When the rain is coming down, then it gets, almost gets to my head, and then it turns around. Makes a (laughs) U-turn. The Bible said that's how God's word is. It says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It will not return unto me void. But what do you see the rain? The Bible says that the rain accomplishes. It gets to the earth. It blesses the earth. And then when it returns, it evaporates after he has blessed the earth. I pray that God's word in your life will touch you. It will fulfill its purpose in Jesus' name. God's word is not just ordinary, please. It's not ordinary words. Don't treat the word of God. Many people take God's word just for granted. We just think, oh, I'll read just a scripture. I'll read one verse today. If what you're going to read is one verse today, meditate on that one verse. We did that this morning. A scripture was read. We were all supposed to just meditate on that. As we meditate on that, God is going to say something to you. And that something becomes a weapon. That something becomes a serious weapon, a spiritual weapon in your hand, which you can send out into situations. The Bible makes it clear that God's word is like a crushing hammer. That hammer will break rocks. It will break strongholds. Jeremiah twenty-three twenty-nine tells us that. He said, it's my word, not like fire, said the Lord, like a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces god's word can break stronghold if you have a situation in your life something that seems so like a stronghold is not shifting look at the word of god and use god's word on that thing don't just use your own words find god's word because god's word is as spiritual amen and then use your words around that but god's word is so powerful also, God's word is life-giving. What do I mean by this? Because the word of God, when he enters into your life, enters into a situation, it gives it life. These are things I've experienced. My body, my feel, seem weak. You know, most pastors will tell you this. Sometimes you want to preach somewhere, you're going somewhere, maybe your body, yourself, you're not even sure. You feel like, oh, I just feel like I need a dose of, I need someone to lay hands on me myself today. But by the time you get there, by the time you get up, by the time you do that thing, you find out that grace is released to you. You don't even feel the pain, it's gone. And it's not, this is not just oh, adrenaline. No, 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 no. You need to re- separate issues. You need to understand that the life of God, the word of God carries life. And that's the way you have to apply God's word into situations, into your workplace. You introduce that word into a department that seemed dead into the people you work with and begin to allow the word of god to shape things the word of god came to a man of god a prophet of god ezekiel 47 and and god said to him that he said son of man he said shall these dry bones live these are bones This this is just bones and some of us are dealing with dry bones dealing with dry bones in our place of work in our marriages in our families wherever the thing is in our nation dry bones but he said, "Can this live again?" And he said, "Oh God, you know." And he said, "Prophesy to those bones. We have bones all around today. There are situations that are that are that are companies that they are a shadow of what they used to be. Skeletal. That's what you can just see. Just it's just it's just a, it's just now it's just a skeleton. And once upon a time it looked robust. But right now life's been drained, flesh is gone." It's no longer as lively. There are ministries and churches that now they're a shadow of what they used to be. But the word of God can change that. Son of man prophesy. Now watch this. He says, Son of man prophesy. God himself could have easily said it, but God said, I need your voice. I need you to engage with my word to make a difference. And until we begin to do that, You know, just wishing, oh, God, do it. God, touch our country. God, touch my nation. It's not going to change it. God is going to use you and I to begin to prophesy, engage, use God's word to change that situation. That child that seems that it's never going to change, use God's word. We can love them. We can buy shoes for them, buy little stuff for them, sit around them in the hospital, wherever, but begin to use God's word. Let the word of God be what we use to fill our mouth. Amen. Let God's word begin to be what we used to change that situation. And the man of God said, as I prophesied, he said that there was a rattling. I I pray that as you prophesy into situations that seem dry, changes will begin to come in the name of Jesus. So the word of God is life-giving. The word of God is light in a dark place. If you need direction... And God has given you word. Why do I mean? Because there are moments where it is lack of direction. You just don't know what else I can do now. I don't know what else. I've tried everything I could do. I've tried this. I've tried that, Lord. I don't know what to do. I just leave it in your hands. Now, after you say you left it in his hand, don't just leave it. Don't just block your ears. Allow God to speak into your ear because whatever he has promised to do, that will show you the angle to take it in Jesus' name. The, all the witness, which I can mention quickly because of a time, is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. The Bible says there are three that bear witness in heaven. These three. The Holy Spirit. He is the assurance that what he said he will do, he will do it. Every one of us need to understand the Holy Spirit is not meant for church only. He's not meant for the senior leaders. He's not meant for some group of people. The Holy Spirit is he's your friend. The Holy Spirit has come to, is to, 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 he's he's, he's, he's our teacher. He is the presence of God with you and I. So, it's not, it's not something that you just feel that, well, I leave the Holy Spirit to some people to desire to be filled with. After we have been baptized, that's why I thank God for Tuesday, the water baptism experience. But after we've been baptized with water, be baptized in the Holy Spirit too. Amen. Be baptized in the holy spirit we cannot carry that water that wet clothes all around but we can carry the holy ghost amen <laughs> wherever we go to he's a witness and the bible said jesus christ haven't been baptized he came out of the water and the holy ghost descended i love it when people are baptized and they are baptized in the holy spirit the same day too because this is the permanent presence of god only the holy spirit will keep on assuring you know what i'm working on this case now let me tie these three together the reason why it's important to be baptized in the Holy Spirit and why is the witness is it's the Holy Spirit that will show you which part of the promises is yours. Many people claim things in the Bible, things they don't even have a clue about. They just read, you know, uh, somebody just opened the Bible, Lord, today I want to open the Bible. The man of God said, promises. So, anywhere I open. As I open my Bible today, oh, and then he say, you know, yeah, I've read the scripture. If you just open the scripture and you said, what you are reading today is, is God's promises to you. No, that's just gambling. Okay? <laughs> the Holy Spirit leads us. The Bible says, as many as are led by the Spirit of the Lord, they are the sons of God. He leads God can lead you. You might be watching TV and the Holy Spirit will just come to you. Just watching TV. You might be uh, in a theater with your family or doing something on the tube, then the Holy Spirit will just come, and He will speak to you. The Holy Spirit doesn't come because oh, you are falling on the ground or you are shaking. No, He is a friend. He is so peaceful, Amen. The Holy Spirit is so amazing. I, I don't know any teacher like the Holy Spirit. He even allows your stupidity to, as if He's playing along with you. You know, it's like you are teaching a child. You know, you say some stuff, and the Holy Spirit just, mm-hmm, and He carries along with you. I don't understand. And he has a way of bringing us around. Amazing teacher. I'll give you one ins- instance. I'll give you two. How this is so true that whatever God has promised you and also for you to know the promises of God is so true. Many years ago, I think it's about 20 years ago, I was reading the, the Bible one day. I was in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 58. And a scripture just Became highlighted. You know, in those days, there was no iPad. And thank God there was no iPad. I don't, I, I, well, I pray for those of you who are just getting born again with iPad days now. I don't know. They will need to, those will have to devise an app that will be shining on your eyes because the way he worked with me, and he still works. You know, when I'm reading the scripture. That verse just became highlighted. And there was no highlight on the page. And it was Isaiah 58 verse 12. And the scripture says, They that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up foundations of many generations. They shall be called the repairer of the bridge, the restorer of the paths to dwell in. I said, so, what does this mean? He said, read it again. I read it again. I read it again. He said, that's my assignment for you. <laughs> I wasn't a pastor, uh, and I was running from being ordained. I was a leader in the church. God said, that's my assignment. I said, how do you mean? He said, that's my assignment. Now, you know, instantly in that conversation, there was nobody talking. It was just in my spirit. The Lord now broke it down. First of all, he said, you're going to start a work that will be community-focused. They that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places. Waste places. So that's why God, see, God has an assignment for you, but unless you know the word, and I didn't know that scripture, but I was interacting with the word. So you need to spend time with God's word. It's the person you spend time with that you can know what's in their hearts. If you don't spend time with God, either in prayer or in, his, or in his word, you can never discover what is written for you. And so look at the scripture. It said, those from among you shall build. So first of all, God started showing me stuff. This verse is loaded. I don't have time today to break it down for you. Because in that verse is every single pound sterling, every single dollar, every single euro, every single currency of this world that our ministry will ever need. It's in that verse. Every single member, every single soul that come to the church is in that verse. Those from among you, that's why as a ministry, we don't try to run around looking for what is not ours. Because I know that the resources are in the house. We may have four people, three people in there. God said, I will put within them the grace that will do what I've called you to do. Are you following this now? From among you, ancient ruins. God said, I will open your eyes to ancient ruins in your society in the families ancient ruins so i knew we're not a church to just sit down inside the house ancient ruins and said so you shall raise up foundation age old foundations and you shall be called that there will be a name you'll be known there'll be reputation about you and then you shall. you said you will repair the breach so we knew there's a ministry of repairing ministry of restoration are you following this now without the word how would i have known that Now, someone here, there is a promise of God for your life. God has said something about you, but it takes the Holy Spirit to take out of this whole general. I've said so many things today, but the Holy Spirit will take something, will remind you of one thing. That will become your thing. And once it's your thing, listen to me, no devil in hell can take that from your hand. Because you begin to walk it, you begin to say it, you begin to believe it. The second thing, quickly as I close, is personal to us. So that one is ministry. The second one is, oh, for, for years, my wife and I have been believing God for the fruit of the womb. We've been saying, God, when will it be? And then we just praise him year after year. And, you know, if you go to the kind of church that we go to, um, people of Afro-Caribbean backgrounds, we do a lot of prophecies and a lot of, you know, prophetic declaration. And this is one bit which we do. This is coming to the season now. You know, New Year's Day. You know, people say, this year, you will have more hair in your head. This year, you will grow more. <laughs> I should I said that to John. <laughs> this year, you grow taller. This year, and I'm just really being ridiculous now. But people will be prophesying. Oh, no, I didn't mean that. <laughs> oh, no, what I meant is, what I meant is, this is not about hair. I meant serious need. People are prophesying. This year you receive your healing. This year you have that child. This year you have. People mean it. And so they're prophesying what they believe God wants to do in your life. And you know, if you are the person who has a need and somebody is saying that, you're receiving it. So here comes the real wait January, February, March, April. Now December. You dread December because you don't want December to come knowing fully that this thing hasn't happened yet. So come another New Year's Eve, the last thing you want someone to tell you is this year. Ah, shut up! (laughs) (laughs) Do you know how many this year I've (laughs) heard? So you get to a point in your life, you don't even want that anymore. So we got to that point. And we're leaders in the church. We just felt, you know, we tried every single hospital you could think of. I mean, in London. My wife, being in that field as well, knew the kind of, you know, we went past GP's things, you know, or GP just refers. In those days, you had a choice. Not these days, the things are quite tight. So, one day, I was in my study, uh, praying, and meditating, and the Holy Spirit now said to me, oh, I think I jumped it. One day, my wife had a, finally, my wife conceived, and I have jumped several things. She conceived and uh, we were happy. It was our first year of our ministry. Excited. And we said, Wow, we're going to tell the church fellowship on Sunday. But on the Friday, she started bleeding badly. And so we went to New Hospital and to quite a lot of people who were told they couldn't feel the heart, their fetal heartbeat. I said, hey, Try again. The woman tried, said, I've tried. <laughs> you don't understand. We've waited for this pregnancy for 10 years. So, it was not ordinary. Hospital couldn't help us. This is a miracle baby. He can't die. Try again. The woman had got tired. It's Friday afternoon for God's sake. She wanted to go home. Said, so, you know, sir, we need to start evacuation procedure. I said, what? Forget it. So, anyway, we agreed to go home. He said, okay, I will leave, I'll just give you a weekend to think about it. But you need to come back on Monday. So, we went home. My wife was distraught. I was angry at God. I don't know how you could allow this Jesus that is about to be born. You know, I felt my baby was going to replace the story. This is the savior of the world about to be born second time. (laughs) When you have, (laughs) when you are waiting for something, you don't want to think uh, what you are carrying is anything less. So, by the Saturday, I was praying. Then the Lord gave me the scripture in Isaiah 43, verse 19 to 21. It says, I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beast of the field will honor me. The jackals of, and the ostriches, because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert, to give drink to my people, my chosen. When God saw I think I, I, I jumped that scripture. Yeah, no, I'm running. He said, behold, I do a new thing. So God said to me, I'll do a new thing. What does this mean? He said to me that this one is gone, but I'm going to give you a new child. There was peace that came into my heart. So I called my wife. I said, come. This is what the Lord said to us from verse 18. I said, God said, behold, I do a new thing. My wife said, so what does that mean? I said, it means this baby is gone. She said, no, this one is not gone anyway. I know God will do a new thing. That's another one after this one. Well, this has to stay. I told her, that no. In short, um, that weekend passed. And I told her in prayer, that said, okay, if, you, if we believe God wants to do something about this baby, that was on, in the hospital actually. I said, we're going to pray because Jesus Christ died for three days and he rose on the third day. So maybe God wants to do a miracle since this is going to be a special baby. But if by Monday this dead is not raised, then we know that something else. But by Saturday, God gave me this scripture. And so, when I told her, I said, Honey, God now said something else to me. And I showed her in that verse. God said, I give drink to my people, my chosen. These people are formed for myself that they might declare my praise. God said, those are the names of your children. So, while we were at the lowest point of our life, God said, I'm going to give you new children. These are their names. Friends, I'm talking about a couple who, for years, we never conceived for a day until that time. It wasn't because we didn't try, or we didn't, listen, all sort of advices on us were given. My wife never missed her period for one day until that time. So when God said it, I had my peace, and we left the matter. From that day, after we went back to the hospital on Monday, and evacuated that particular incident, our language changed. Every single day we congratulated each other for chosen and praise. You know, we're not pregnant, but our mindset changed. We believed that God said, I will do a new thing. So if it was Christmas, chosen and praise will give us gifts. If it was Mother's Day, chosen and grace and praise will buy their mother gifts. Mother's Day. Listen, there was no child, there was no pregnancy but we believe God. When I was preaching in church, I'll be telling the church members, when chosen and praise comes. So people in the church were like, okay, we know he's a man of faith, but he's crazy now. (laughs) That was real. (laughs) This this is always happening in our church. You know, they're like, okay, we're not saying God will not answer this prayer. But you don't know whether it will be one or no, No, chosen and praised. Then chosen came, was a girl. Then I started telling the church, when my son comes, then some of the women, and you know every pastor has women that love them, these grandmas in the church. Say, you know what? Well, come, pastor. I know you're a man of faith, but it may be another girl. I say, no ma. Male and female created he them. And he told me chosen and pray." So the other one, is a boy. When chosen came, we told her, started telling her about her brother. So we went to the, hospi- uh, to the shop in the U.S. one day to buy, when my wife was pregnant, to buy baby stuff for a holiday. So they now ask, chosen. Um, you've been talking about, Mommy, this would be nice for my brother. This would be nice. So the lady now said, What if it's not a boy? You know what my daughter said? Say said, No. No, He said, If it's not a boy, will, it, will, will she wear it? He said, He will still wear it. Now, if it's not a boy. In her head, she's been programmed to believe it's a boy. Listen, friends, as I close this morning, all I've come to say is, If God gives you a promise, you have to believe it much more than you believe your dates. Believe it much more than anything else you see. Believe it much more than the signs that you see. You will see all sort of contradictory signs. In fact, people will think you are crazy. But if it's God who gave it to you, you can bet on it. You can take it to the bank. You can hold on to it. Your body may tell you everything otherwise. But you can hold on to God's word. You can say, you know what? I will believe to the last breath of my body. That was a couple that was that crazy in the Bible. And we learned from them. Abraham and Sarah. You know, Abraham was given that name Abraham. A father of many nations. And he had no child to show for it. And God gave me a vision one day. You know, I had a lot of journeys in waiting days concerning the foot of the womb. And it's like I saw Abraham coming into a pub. And everybody in the village saying, oh, "What's his name? He's Abraham. What does that?" They all knew the many. He's a father. How many children has he got? I ain't got none. <laughs> I give me the next beer. <laughs> you know, this guy is drunk because he must be the latest joke in town, calling himself a father of many, and even had one. But God will put you in that position to see how well would you believe me? Will you believe me to the end? And Abraham continued, as old as a God, he continued, I'm a father of many nations. I'm a father of many nations. He, he, there are times he said, God, you haven't done this thing that you promised. God said, Liz, I am your shield and your exceeding greatness. You've got to understand that when God says he is the only one who can back his own word up, he has no other person who can bear him witness but God. This morning, will you just rise on your feet, please, with me? As we, as we just take a word of prayer, There may be someone in this place, God gave you a promise, God said something to you. I don't know what that thing is, but I want you to just take a moment to thank him for that thing. Because if he said it, he surely would do it. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you and bless you. We appreciate you because you sent me here today to remind somebody and to steer somebody up in the area of their faith concerning their word, the word you gave to them. Lord, we thank you because you are more sure than anybody else. If we earthly fathers at this time of Christmas, we are thinking about delivering. We're thinking about getting stuff for our families. How much more are father in heaven? That time is in you. Lord, you never age. You never run out of resources. So I speak over this congregation. Would you please lift your hand up, please, as I pray for you? I pray right now for my friends. In lifeline today. Holy Spirit. There are different needs represented here. We are in different parts of journey. With you. But you know it all. So I ask you for a miracle. Someone whose faith is dwindling right now. Someone who completely has given up. Someone who is thinking. When will it be my turn? Someone who is thinking. I'm old now. Will I ever see that thing? Lord surprise them. Surprise them. Father come through to them. Father, come through to them. Touch their situation. Somebody may be sick in their body. Lord, somebody may be saying, but would I still be healed? I've tried every hospital. Lord, you are the great physician. Touch them right now. Heal them. Holy Spirit, I ask you today, oh God, perform this word and confirm it in the life of somebody. In the name of Jesus. Show them that no one is beyond redemption. No one is beyond restoration. Do it in the way that only you can do it. When you did it for Ronke and I, Lord, we had nobody else to thank but you. Lord, come to us. Lord, we are weak. We can't do it ourselves, but you can do it. Be strong in our life. Be strong in our situation. Be strong in our city. We pray, oh God, for our leaders. So, Lord, they are, Sometimes they don't even know what they're going to do. They don't understand the issue of the situation, but you, oh God, can use their mind to function. Use their mouth to function. Use their hand to lead. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Father, for your word. I pray for somebody here who may go from here now to engage you in the study of their word. As they sit down, Holy Spirit, Lord, show them the things you have Everything concerning them. Enlighten their path and steady their foot. Lord that they may not sleep on the parts of this life. On the slippery parts of this life. Thank you father. We give you, pray. We give you praise. We give you worship. Lord I lift up this ministry to you o God. Lord I pray oh God that you will strengthen us as a ministry. Strengthen us as a ministry. Lord as a people. A people. A real people. Of a real God. Making a real difference in our world. Lord perform that word in our life continue to perform in. Whatever you've done in the past, Lord, make it so little to what you're about to do in the future. We give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you very much.